0: The Mac Observer's Mac Geek App, episode 838. Oh, no, I got that wrong. 838 for Tuesday, October 13th, 2020.
1: Mac Observers, Mac Geek, uh, the show where you usually send in your questions, your tips, and your cool stuff found. But today, we're gonna talk about the things that happened at the Apple event today and our thoughts about them and all of that. Probably be a shorter than usual episode, I would guess, but I don't know. I do know that I need to figure out why, for the last two episodes, when I hit the theme music, the audio skips. I don't get it, John. I don't understand why it happens. I don't remember I heard that ch- too. I don't remember changing anything, but uh, but you know, if I do it again here, I guess, I'm guessing it's gonna skip. Nope, see that, It didn't skip. So maybe I gotta prime the pump next time. I gotta like play something out of that app. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't like it though. I don't like hearing it skip. So uh, today, Apple had their second event of this season. I guess it was technically the first event of the fall because the last one was in what we call summertime here in, in the northern hemisphere, right? Early September. Okay. Right. Cause so, I mean, and it was nicknamed,
0: which I didn't know at first. That was like Apple event, but uh, so as you'll see in a moment, they called it the high comma speed event. That's
1: right. Right. That's right. Yeah. 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 And which was presumably leading into it about 5g. And it turns out it was about 5g because Apple, so this is interesting, right? So I want to talk about, I mean, essentially Apple announced two things today, but really I think there's three things that they announced, that they really talked about, one of them was previously announced, but um, that they really talked about today. So the new iPhones... Uh, the HomePod mini. And then we finally heard them talk about the a 14 CPU. They announced it, of course, with the iPad air last month, but uh, they didn't really spend a lot of time talking about it. So let's talk about the iPhones first. Uh, I found, so there, there are, for those of you that didn't watch, and we're not going to rehash everything, but for those of you that didn't watch, there are four new iPhones from Apple Uh, and they are the 12, 12 pro 12 pro max and the 12 mini, which I find really interesting. Um, yeah, that the, so, uh, and the 12 and 12 mini are available for pre-order, uh, this Friday and will be, uh, delivered next Friday, uh, starting next Friday, of course. And then the, uh, the, the 12 pro, uh, sorry, I probably said that wrong. The 12 and the 12 Pro are pre-order Friday, delivered next Friday. The Mini and the Pro Max are November 6th and November 13th. Pre-order November 6th, delivered November 13th. So the middle two are soon. The outer two in the lineup are later. And uh, it, so I was shocked, John, that they really did put OLED screens in every model of the iPhone 12 that has not been the case with any prior iPhone. And I think that's a huge deal. That OLED screen is gorgeous and being able to have it. Okay. So all the prior phones were LCD. No, the pro models had OLED screens. So the iPhone 10 had an OLED screen and then the 10 and I'm going to get my naming wrong, but the 10 r did not uh, because it was a lower cost phone. And then with the 11s, the, uh, the 11 did not cause that was the lower cost phone. And then the 11 pro and 11 pro max did have OLED screens. And now everything, the pros, the two pro models, the 12 and the 12 mini, all OLED screens. And with it, it, yeah. And it, it, to me, that's actually a huge deal because those screens are gorgeous. They're better on battery life. Uh, of course you get the better contrast ratio. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So I, like that, to me that's a that's a a very nice offer for the um for the for the people who would naturally gravitate to the lower end iPhones and and you know lower end really is either the smallness you know the small size of the mini or not getting all the the cameras that the pro models have uh so okay and like my 8 is now,
0: my 8 is an LCD, right?
1: Correct. The 10 was the first iPhone with an Retina. OLED screen.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. So now they've... they've uh, all the right. So the whole product line is, is now on OLED. Correct. The latest.
1: Okay. Correct. And now well, everything is at, at least 460 ppi, pixels per inch, which is basically mm-hmm. doubling where we were, I think, in the past. So, um, which is also interesting. So, Yeah. Let me, okay. Let me look at that. So one thing that caught no, my eye Dave... Not
0: you know, quite doubling. You know how I you know how I like um retro older things? Yes. One of the first things that jumped out at me when I saw the phone, I'm like, is that an iPhone 5? Uh yeah, or the four. So they've reverted to the uh, I'll call it squared off design rather than the rounded design. Yeah.
1: Was um, that the five that had that? The five did the five have uh, it or was it the four? That's
0: a pretty, Either the four or the five, yeah, or maybe both, but um, You're right. but yeah, so, yeah. so they, You're right. they're oscillating between you know rounded and squarish, and 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 it even reminded me when I saw it, um, you know, and they were talking about the 5G. Did you notice they talked about 5G a lot? I did, like the I want to I I talk there. about that, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> and then they were talking about, and then you know, it's funny because it, it made me think the. And then I I looked at it and they're like, oh, yeah. you know, the antennas are built into the case and stuff. And I'm like, oh, no, not antenna gate again. Because Mm -hmm. remember, that was a problem with some of the earlier iPhones that had that same case design is that, you know, I mean, even Steve said it was like, well, you're holding it wrong. Right. Well, no, I'm not. You designed it wrong. Right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, The uh, all of so that is the I was also surprised to see millimeter wave. Uh, in every one of millimeter wave 5g which is the faster of the variants of 5g tech and that antenna around the edge is the only way they could do that in Mm -hmm. a a phone smaller than like the 12 pro max because other because the 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 wavelength of that antenna would not otherwise fit inside an iphone Uh, that was, that was not, you know, whatever, Uh, 6.7 inches or whatever the, what is the max? The max is Mm -hmm. 6.7 inches. Yeah. So yeah, I thought, I thought it was an interesting design choice to choose to do that. Hopefully they learned their lesson and and we aren't going to see you're holding it wrong again. So, um, but yeah, no, the 5g and the 5g tech, I was really interested to hear how they, you know, of course Apple builds the whole widget, right? They build iOS, they build the phone. And or at least they designed the phone and they um, they said that your phone, even if it has a 5G signal available, will not use it by default. It will live on LTE to conserve power. And then when it's doing something where it 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 in its infinite wisdom decides that 5G is helpful, it'll ramp up to that. So I thought that was a little geeky tidbit. So which is good because 5G takes a lot of juice.
0: Okay. So the older yeah, so the older phones like like mine, for example, I have to manually disable LTE in order to go on three G if I want to, or actually if I exceed my limit, uh Verizon will do that for me.
1: Okay. <laughs> okay. Sure. They'll knock
0: you, yeah, if you exceed your limit, they'll knock you down to three G. Um Yeah, but or, this isn't well, you can get no data at all.
1: But this is LTE no, is the bottom of saying. the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, and I don't know. There may be a way of just turning off 5G. Like, we don't know that there's not, Mm. right? Because we have not touched one of these phones running iOS yet. So Right. Right. Because honestly, between me and you and everybody who's
0: listening or watching, I I think 5G has been a little bit, a wee bit overhyped. So? I mean, you know, so when we were at CES, I mean, they were... I just think they went overboard in that we saw some presentations and were like, you know, five G is going to allow you to do this and this and this, and I'm like, uh, maybe, but it's not. So can maybe I play devil's advocate? Maybe I'm wrong. I, well, yeah, no, go go.
1: It, it, that sounds like what someone with dial up said to me when I said, "You've got to get a cable modem." No, no, no. Think mm-hmm. about this, right? Because the the speed and the the density that is available once once we have ubiquitous 5g and i know all the carriers say we have ubiquitous 5g i i you know once we do and maybe that's today and maybe it's a year from now right but once we do there are things that we can do differently that are not even on the table right now right because of the lower latency and the higher bandwidth like i'm not sure like saying to someone you know, on dial-up uh, internet, saying, "Hey, you, you know, well, but if you get a cable modem, you could do Zoom." And they're like, "Well, I don't need to do Zoom. I I live just fine without doing Zoom." And it's like, "Well, of course you do, because you can't." You, you know, it's 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 one of these things. I'm not I'm not sure that the hype is wrong uh, in in mass. I'm sure there's, you know, we can cherry pick bits and pieces of the hype that's wrong. But I think in general, from what I understand about five G, I think I think we're going to see it be. An, uh, you know, evolutionary change note that I did not use an R at the beginning of that word, but, but I think it really is an evolutionary mm. change in, in what we can do with our mobile devices, even moving from, uh, you know, like GPRS on the first iPhone to LTE, mm. right? Like being able to like c- the comparison of what you can do between those two is l- literally life-changing. I mean, our lives have changed because Of the things we can do with LTE that we could not do with GPRS, but the, the idea is the same. And I think the same is true going Mm -hmm. from LTE to 5G is the idea is the same, but I, uh, you know, I think so. Yeah, I I think there, I mean, it's going to take time for it to become the norm right now. Cable modems are the norm. So you can say to somebody, get on a zoom call. And if they say, I only have dial up, that's now their fault. I mean, I know for some right. folks can't be on because they're where they live, but, but, you know, they, like you're the exception rather than the mm-hmm. rule. It'll probably take a couple of years for that to be the case with 5G. So, okay. Yeah.
0: And, and actually, now that I think about it, some of the demos I saw. So, the thing is, if you want to do like augmented reality, then yeah. you need a beefy processor, which the iPhone has, and now it's even beefier. Right. And you need bandwidth. Um, or probably if you want to get decent quality video. So, yeah I can right all right, so I'm, I just can't think of an app right now that uh where I'm like, boy, you know, I wish I had five g because then I could run whatever faster
1: right um, It's not about running whatever faster, although that could happen. It's more about mm-hmm. what we can't do now because we just don't have that world open to right. us, yeah no that's exactly mm-hmm. i that's how I'm seeing it i'm I'm curious though to see the the um the application so yeah. Mm. uh so um
0: new colors okay yeah we got that with the ipad too as well um here's one thing that caught my attention yes it probably did catch your attention ceramic enforced strong glass yeah one thing is they mentioned so it's almost like a screen cover right
1: uh, no, it's they, it's built into the glass, I think. It's built into the glass.
0: Yeah. Here's one thing that I noticed though. They explicitly mentioned a certain company, which, based on what I know, you were never supposed to say that the iPhone uses corning Gorilla Glass, even though we all know that they do.
1: <laughs> I thought they, they said Gorilla Glass corning. in the past. No? I think, I think they've said Gorilla Glass I, in the past. I, I I've could have be been wrong. in his shows, and when I'm like are
0: they using your glass in the iPhone? I, I always thought it was kind of a, you're really not supposed to say that, but they actually now acknowledge the fact that they work with Corning yeah. to develop this new thing, which I'll call, I don't know if it's... Apple calls, it, Apple calls it call
1: ceramic shield. Oh, ceramic shield. Okay. And they say that it gives you four... So we'll call it gorilla, so
0: it's gorilla shield.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, but, it, but it's, yeah, it's a ceramic creation structure, so yeah. Yeah, I'm curious I like I like that they keep getting better and better with the the resilience of that glass on the front. I mean, at some point we're just going to be looking through diamonds, you know, to uh to see our phone, but you can't really do that because of the crystal structure, but you know, that would be that would be the key, right? So. Yeah.
0: But no, I get it because now I I'm lucky, Dave, in that in my entire iPhone career, I've only had one where I cracked the screen. Mm. It was my 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 7 and I actually paid Apple 150 bucks to replace it. And then I upgraded to the eight.
1: Sure. Yeah. I've always um, put uh, tempered glass screen protectors on my phones. Well, it always, it always since the day that those became a thing and that has worked out well for me with this new screen. Will I put a tempered glass screen protector on my iPhone 12? I, probably to, if I'm being honest, because it's worked out and I don't mind it. In fact, I kind of like it. So, um, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I like that night mode is now available on all cameras on iPhone 12, even for selfies. That's like that night mode makes a big difference. And I'm glad that they've got the CPU horsepower or what or whatever, you know, the, the crazy secret lab that develops deep fusion and all those other things. Uh, they're doing a good um, job, which is no nope. secret that the lab that you saw wasn't a real lab. Oh, right, yeah, no, that was that 's not the secret lab i'm talking about uh, but uh but i li I, you know i and the the i yeah, I like that night mode has become sort of a first class citizen on the phone uh with time lapse and all the cameras that's good um, what about this magsafe thing, John now
0: that so so first off, they've always gotten better with every phone as with the ability, so either with the the sensor or the logic um i found that the the phone always gets better at being able to take good photos at night which is a hard thing to do yep. unless you got the right technology but um yeah and so then they, they then they announced this now it kind of made me sad dave because they call it magsafe right but it's a better and it, if you understand anything about electrical engineering or or, or stuff like that the concept I agree with because if you don't get the coils lined up properly, you get less efficient charging. Right, and I think that the innovation here is that it it brings the 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 two elements.
1: Um, you're achieving maximum efficient charging efficiency. I, I think that's the key. They said that you can do what 15 watts now with. Um, with the MagSafe connector, which is great. Uh, so Which I don't
0: think, I think the prior phones were limited to 7 watts, either because Apple didn't implement... 7.5, I think, but yes, you're right. 7.5. Yeah. Other phones have had the 15 for a while, as far as I know. So this, I think, was their attempt to... I mean, we're not going to talk about air power because we're never going to see.
1: Well, I know we saw our air power because air power is now that we did that. Well, it's that 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 MagSafe pad, right, that has a MagSafe coil on Mm. one side. And uh, here, let me I can I can. So we don't usually do this, Mm. but um, because we have so Uh many listeners that are listening and not watching. But there are a lot of you watching today. So I will find a picture of the um, MagSafe thing from our live coverage and I will show it here. So that is, uh, you know, air power evolved. So it's a, it's a pad that, that is a it's square. It has a watch charger oh, okay. on one side that. that can pop up and out of the room. Yep. Okay. The watch charger on one side that can pop up and a, a MagSafe slash cheap pad on the other, And so it's foldable and portable and all that good stuff. But yeah, that's that's MagSafe. So so it looks
0: like AirPower Junior.
1: Oh, it looks like AirPower. Realistic is what I would call that because what they used. Yeah, one that works. Yeah, what they used to Mm -hmm. call AirPower was was vaporware. So it couldn't have worked Mm -hmm. from a from a physics standpoint. Like you said, if you're not right on the coil. So how would you orient to the coil? Well, they solved the problem. How would you orient to the coil? By putting a freaking magnet in there. So Magnet? Yeah. yeah. No, I think it's smart. I'm I i I'm curious about a couple of things with MagSafe. So number one, they made it clear that third parties would be available. You know, the, the tech would be licensable or open to third parties. They said Belkin was already working on something, which is great. I'm curious yeah. about the strength of that magnet because I know a lot of people, especially people that don't have CarPlay, want to take their phone and in their car they want to put it somewhere on a mount and have it stay on that mount while they drive and if you can do it if the magnet in magsafe is strong enough to hold your phone on a mount while you're in a car that's a pretty cool thing to me so i'm mm-hmm. i'm curious to see curious so okay yeah uh, and
0: as far as the camera i mean it's you know it's a better camera. Um yeah, the chip, five nanometer process, okay, you know, it, it keeps getting smaller. It's, uh, it's amazing how th- they keep uh, making progress on this here. But for the camera people, so I think they said this, the first seven-element lens, which if you're into lens elements, that's good. <laughs> the more elements <laughs> they got her. One thing that they did mention, and they mentioned this a couple of times in, in different presentations, we're going to use something called computational photography. Yeah. Which?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I. You know. I it, think it's using the
0: processor to do smart things, like like you mentioned previously. So uh, I'm sure this, you know, night mode is using the the processor, um, the better processor to its advantage. It, uh,
1: absolutely. Fancier, yeah. Of course.
0: Fancier there things are. in the background.
1: There's the seven element camera for for those of you who ah, missed the yeah, picture. Yeah, so, yeah. so sorry, sorry for the scrolling. So <laughs> yeah and they also mentioned
0: lidar now what's the, what's that going to do for us
1: um well they pointed out that it will allow the f- so lidar lets it in essentially in the dark because it doesn't use light L- it, it lidar is is i think sort of what they're using for face id if i'm not but i could be wrong about that um but essentially it allows the phone to build a map of the physical space uh, how far distance, depth of, of, of each object and all of that, which they, they say, especially in low light conditions, allows the camera then to focus better because it's using the data from the LIDAR sensor to know how far away certain things are when you've got it aimed at it and, and all of that. So that, that's what they say they're using it for, which I think is pretty cool. So, yeah. Okay.
0: And then, of course, we had the gaming segment, and you probably noticed that they did not feature a game from a certain company.
1: What, what, there were a lot of companies from which games were not featured. In fact, there was only one from which there were games featured. What, what company were you missing? Uh, well, uh, uh,
0: Fortnite. They,
1: uh, oh, well, yeah, no, 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 they definitely, well, they're, they're having their Fortnite. little spat in, absolutely right now. Oh, yeah. Um, no, that would never, that was never going to be there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the was, LiDAR but, but the scanner still has the, so to, just to be clear, the things that you've started talking about, the deep fusion on all four cameras, the LiDAR scanner, those are features of the pro and pro max, not of the 12 and 12 mini. Okay. Okay. I mean, it, it, like they are good things to talk about. I just want to make sure everybody understands what we're, what we're going through here. Yeah. It, and I like that the, I like at least in the pictures, I like the look of the stainless steel band in the um uh, on the the whatchamacallit the um, I got to move this around I uh, on the on the 12 Pro and 12 Pro Max that the, the both bands are metal and we're talking about the band on the outside of the phone but the one on the, the 12 Pro Max you know it's a it's surgical stainless steel they said which I thought was pretty good and the 12 Pro now is 128 gigs minimum. You cannot get a 64 gig 12 Pro. I don't know if you can get a 64 gig. uh, You probably can get a 64 gig mini would be, would, would not surprise. Yes. So 64 gig is the smallest on the 12 and the mini. And then on the pro and pro max, it's 128 is the, uh, the minimum there. So, so let's talk about these screen sizes though, John, because this is a little bit different. Okay. Okay. Because the twelve is is the same size as the eleven and the ten R before it. The twelve Pro mm-hmm. is also the same size as the eleven and the ten R. So it's not the smaller form factor of the uh the five point eight inch phone that is the eleven pro. And I thought that and, and like the ten was that size and they say that because of the the way they're using the screen and the way the bezel is and you know the the fact that it's all been redesigned anyway they um they say that it it will be almost the same size in your hand i'm i'm curious about that cuz the the 11 uh and the 10r are fittable for me but i'm not i wouldn't want to go any bigger than that so i'm i'm curious to see how that really is, and I'm really curious about this five point four inch screen on the mini like that's a nice size phone that might be the way I go with this i don't know though because I like all the cameras and you know the lidar sensor and all that stuff in the in the twelve pro so i like i'm I'm actually torn on this, and I'm probably gonna order a, tw- a twelve pro um but uh, if the mini were available now I might order the mini and that means I might order a 12 pro and then if I decide it's a little too big I might wind up ordering a mini in November and and you know hand the 12 pro down or do something like that so I don't what do you, what do you think like what 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 sizes appeal to you cuz like that 12 mini I think is a bigger screen and smaller form factor than your 8 I'll have to consider whether I want to upgrade,
0: Dave. Here's my one disappointment. You know this, but uh, and others may know this too. I was really, really, really hoping for a phone that had both Face ID and Touch ID. But
1: you can do that. Get your I iPad Air. This one. Get your iPad Air. You're good to go.
0: Well, I'm gonna. I, I I do that because my my current iPad Air, which is the original, yeah, is now ancient or or uh, uh not supported in that i can't get the latest os on it sure and um and even when i went to apple to get a quote on the new one which i think i want to get the ipad air i think i'd like the blue I, okay I, I was like do i want that i'm like you know what that's kind of a neat color um but um, here's the problem. When I punched in the serial number of my iPad Air into the, we'll give you money for it. They're like, um, yeah, actually, we're not going to, but we'll throw it away for you. That was <laughs> nice of them.
1: That's awesome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they're like, it's worth nothing. <laughs> right. Yeah. So well, i not going to give you any money for it. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm looking to see. Yeah, but it's lasted for a good long time. But um, so that was my one disappointment, because technologically, they could do both. They just have decided not to do both in.
1: I don't know that technologically they could do both, John. I mean, it, like the Touch ID sensor that's right. in the iPad Air is much thicker than what would fit into an iPhone. Mm-hmm. So I, I I, don't I don't th- there has been no proof that technologically they could do both. I mean, there's there's also been no proof that they can't other than it does not exist. But uh, yeah, I'm not convinced that, that that's th- the air does not make that. A, a a a foregone conclusion is is what that comes down to yeah mm-hmm. but yeah this 12 mini so your your iPhone 8 is 5.45 inches tall and 2.65 inches wide the mm-hmm. iPhone 12 mini is 5.18 inches tall so you know a good mm-hmm. quarter of an inch shorter and a, and is 2.53 inches wide so point you know 1 2 inches narrower so it is a like significantly smaller, especially shorter phone. Your iPhone eight has a 4.7 inch screen. The 12 mini has a 5.4 inch screen. I mean, like that's a great little phone. I like this idea because the eight is the same size as the, the SE. And I like the size of the SE, Mm -hmm. but I like the screen, you know, of the 12 mini for a lot of reasons. So, yeah. And I'll have to, yeah, I'll have to scratch my head on that because
0: I, (sighs) I, The thing is, this phone is not at a point where I feel I need to replace it. Once the battery gets down a little lower, right now it's at like 82% capacity. And it's it's getting lower all the time. Once it gets below a certain point, I think that's the point where I'm going to think about a trade-in yeah. or a upgrade. Now, I don't know if I want to get the SE because it has the Touch ID that I love. And it offers, you know, a couple
1: of uh, extra goodies like eSIM, right? Mm-hmm. I would um, not, I? It, or should to, I be- today, I would not go, to, like, a, a month ago, two months ago, especially, well, a month ago, I would have said, wait, but, you know, two months ago, I would have mm-hmm. said, yeah, like, the SE is a good, I really like the SE 2020, right, because it's, it's essentially mm-hmm. an iPhone 11, uh, CPU-wise, inside of the iPhone 8 case, uh, mm-hmm. today, I would say, go with the 12 mini, you've got. All the new tech that yep. that the the se misses out on in terms of the cameras and and features, and it's even smaller and of course faster and you know has five g and like all right. that stuff. Especially for somebody like you that hangs on to their tech for a while, I would go, uh, I would I would jump to the twelve mini if you want to keep that size. So, yeah,
0: yeah, and and it works for me. The only other uh, not to be a Debbie Downer, but um. <laughs> Um, the only other thing is that I think a lot of people were hoping that it wouldn't be a lightning connector, but I think it still is a lightning connector for the hardware connection. You're some right. People were hoping for USB C because, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the, uh, some of the iP- newer iPads have USB C as well. Correct? They all do, but okay. it's thicker. So they they, Same they decided not to make. So they decided not to make that move yet with. Yeah, I,
1: I'm Maybe not sure when they will. I feel like if they were going to make that move with the iPhone, like they've been on the USB-C train for a long time. First, obviously, with Macs mm-hmm. and and then with iPads. And the iPads have been this way for a while, right? Because the, the mm-hmm. iPad Pros that were released earlier also are USB-C. The, the, the ones that was released a year ago, USB-C, right? So i i like this is not a courageous decision anymore they've they've paved this path but USB C connectors are thicker than lightning connectors uh mm-hmm. because they've they've you know because of the shape of them really i'm not convinced we're gonna see USB C on the i like i don't think it's part of the short-term roadmap of the next few years i, I think this whole magsafe thing is their answer to that and They don't like there's no charger in the box. They give you a lightning to USB-C cable and that way it's capable of fast charging and all that stuff that you won't get with a lightning to USB-A cable. And that thing we mentioned last week, uh, I want to make sure I get the name of it right. The the anchor PowerPoint three nano like that right there is the device that will work really well. How come I can't find this thing? Mm. It's always coming up, right? The one that, the, the new one that, that we talked about that will do 20 watts, that'll charge your new iPhone really fast. It'll charge your your old iPhone really fast, too. But, like, and it's tiny. So, like, for 20 bucks, there you go. That's pretty good. So, yeah. Yeah, I think the last thing with the phone that,
0: again, may will probably appeal to... um photo experts is that apple and uh created yet another standard well you probably heard about this but um pro raw yeah so raw is um digital cameras can take pictures in a in a number of ways one is it could be going to a jpeg file which i think for most amateurs is is okay or uh well
1: apple's apple's TNG. files all save in heif H-
0: H E I F. Yes, right. So you have those different formats, but they're all, if if I'm not mistaken, lossy. Correct. uh, uh, To some degree. Now, a lot of times the pictures are great. I mean, I've, yeah. I mean, the ones that I take with my phone. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I have no complaints. But for professional photographers, or if you're doing like really high definition work, then there's a thing called RAW, which is like the raw data coming from the sensor, and then. Uh, The various professional applications that alter photos or deal with photos will say, oh, well, I, okay, do I have raw support to understand what this camera is saying? And um, as far as I know, this is a new feature on the iPhone and that they introduced a raw format for the iPhone 12.
1: Well, I mean, yes, in that you can now do, um, what do they call it? I got to look at the thing Uh, pro raw. Right. And, and Mm -hmm. so it does both. It gives you all the deep fusion benefits of the processing as well as still having the raw picture underneath it in the format, which is, you know, Mm -hmm. theoretically the best of both worlds, because, you know, when you're talking about a camera with a lens that small, I feel like every photo you take Mm -hmm. is lossy in that you know Mm -hmm. like there's some amount of filtration and and certainly with the iphone a massive amount of processing that's happening now with raw there's no processing that's the thing is you just get the raw data from the the sensor and then you process later usually somewhere else Mm -hmm. but obviously you can do it on your iphone too and and with pro raw it adds the deep fusion processing to the File format without losing the unfiltered, if you will, unprocessed, I should say, um, you know, original. I think I I mean, I'm not a big I, I don't I don't viscerally feel the implications of that like. A, a photography professional would necessarily like it didn't hit me. It was like, Oh, that's cool. That in theory, it gives people all the options they would want. Now. Some people might say, dang it. They, the new standard. Now I, I can't do it with all my photo apps. I have to use, you know, these, <laughs> like I don't, I don't know the implications and uh, maybe you'll tell us feedback at MacGeekab.com.
0: Did you say feedback at Mac dot
1: Yeah. I said feedback at Mac I want to, um, John, I want to take a minute and talk about, company whose cases I've used for a long time and it's a a new new name for the company it's called Raptic yes rapticstrong.com and sure enough if you check out their website man they have all kinds of cases we've been using these lisa's even got one right now on her on her iphone 11 they've got like this clear case that that has a color scheme to it uh you can see if you check out the website or if you're on the live stream or watching the video you can see it here in the video too Uh, they are our sponsor at the mac observer this week and i just wanted to give them a mention here in the uh in the podcast as well so yeah rapticstrong.com check them out they they used to be uh defense by x doria so that same company, all they did was change their name. So you, you, you know these people. They've been around a long time. And they make some great stuff in addition to all the cases, of course, that they have. They're the ones that make some of these portable power stations like the Titan that we've talked about here on the show before that, like, is this big monster. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Y- yeah. So they make cool stuff. Raptic is the same company that we knew as defense by Xtoria, So I just wanted to, to thank them for their sponsorship of TMO this week. And, uh, yeah, so let's, let's, uh, so thank you. Uh, but, uh, let's talk about the new, um, are we done talking about the iPhones, John? I think we, we answered all the questions I, I so. had. Okay, yeah. cool. So the first thing Apple talked about though, was the new HomePod mini. I have never quite understood the HomePod as a product. I tried it. Um, obviously, I you know I used one and it, and I returned it. Uh, I had no use for it in my life, and it was because at the price point that they were charging, they were competing with effectively Sonos, right? Like a smart speaker that sounds good and well. No. No, and I agree with you. I,
0: w- I was, I was tweeting with uh, our friend Jeff and, and I think we we came to the same conclusion. The original home pod was, didn't know if it wanted to be a a speaker system or a smart assistant. Well,
1: and the problem with that though,
0: they, they kind of put, they tried to put the two together, but number one, and I think I agree with you. I think what you were going to say is that the price point of it was not compelling enough for a lot of people for what it did versus the competition
1: well it more now more more than that it so the price point if you if you compare it one-on-one with at the time the competing you know sonos product which would have been like the sonos one or something it price wise it was close i think it was a little more expensive than the sonos they've all sort of moved around since then including apple has lowered their price since then but Mm. it was a smart speaker that ha- or a speaker that had a, a voice assistant in it. And the, the Sonos one is the same thing, right? Is a speaker that has actually two smart assistants in it. You can have the Amazon or the Google smart assistant. You couldn't have Apple's. Oh, right. right. AirPlay, all of those things though, in the Sonos. What Apple did not have and still does not have is the smart speaker ecosystem. So, for example, like I know people that are using their HomePods as the, their speaker with their apple tv so that they get slightly better sound out of their television it's like that device isn't built to do that like you're not no you know that's that's the wrong way to go but the problem is apple does not have an ecosystem of speakers up until today they had one speaker and it was this expensive home pod and it was not in a family it was a device all by itself so that changes today a little bit in that there's two now um But what really changes is the price point, because now at 99 bucks, they're not competing as much with Sonos as they are with the nicer sounding, you know, smart speakers. It seems like this is meant to be a smart speaker, specifically a Siri speaker first, and then in, you know, a, a, a speaker in and of itself. And I'm sure it sounds good. And they talked a little bit of, you know, it, that part of the presentation got very Sonos like to me when they were showing the different rooms of the home and all of that stuff. It was like, Oh, I've, I've been to these before. I know what mm. this is like, <laughs> you know, but I, like, I'm still, my concern is still with the seamlessness of it all. Like they say that if you have two of them in the same room, they will automatically form an intelligent stereo pair. Those were the words that they used. Well, what happens if I have one on, you know, in my uh, living room and then on the other side of the wall, I have one in my bedroom. I don't want those two to form an intelligent stereo pair because that wouldn't be intelligent at all. So I, I wonder. Well, I'm going to hope the home app lets you configure that somehow. Right. Like, let's hope it's not too smart. Um but the way they talked about it, it was just like, oh, you just put them in the same room and they'll figure it out. Like, yeah, I mean that's cool, but can I can I vote at least as to what's going to happen? So I'm I'm curious about that. I do like what they're doing with mm-hmm. the um the the handoff features with your phone, right? Do you see that where the phone gets close to the HomePod
0: Mini? Yeah. So when the phone gets nearby, yeah. So if you're playing a song and the phone gets nearby, it'll be like, hey, maybe you want to you know see some video or, or visuals. Of what I'm doing, it's like, all right, that's kind of interesting, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who did I see? I, I saw one person make a comment that I thought was relevant in the Twitter stream. Our, our good friend, um, uh, Mister Chalklock, right? <clears throat> Craig
1: Hockenberry, yes, from Twitterific fame. Yes. Okay, yep,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I love. Twitter effect for the most part but um but he made a comment that i thought was um quite relevant in twitter he said maybe apple will get some home pod traction with the stocking stuffer pricing but it seems like the issue with the product is third-party indifference
1: and i think he kind of nailed it with that yeah <laughs> yeah yeah no that's a that's a great point it's it is. It, it's a good extension of your Apple ecosystem. I know people who mm. are very happy with their Home Pods. If especially, specifically, if it was their first, you know, smart speaker, or you know, listen to music out loud. Right. I, I mean, I rewind back to when the Sonos Play Three came out. They finally convinced me to test this product that they had. They've been all over me for years, and I ignored them. And I, and I, it was it was stupid of me. But anyway, finally, I fixed that. And the idea of being able to take the music that we were all listening to, you know, in our heads and just play it out loud throughout the house in an easy-to-use way was, you know, truly life-changing. I mean, I came on the show and probably talked for twenty-five minutes about mm-hmm. it. So I get it. Like if you ha- are in the Apple ecosystem. Home and HomePod was your first entrance into this like great product because it doesn't sound bad. It sounds pretty good and it's gotten better. It's not so bass heavy anymore and like it was in the beginning, but they tweak it, which is great. That part of it is great Um, and a lot of people are happy with it, but it is a limited ecosystem because it just doesn't go beyond that. And even now with the mini, it's a less expensive part of the ecosystem, but it's not it's still pretty li- like these two speakers basically do the same thing they just do it at different price points and presumably different volume levels and perhaps sound quality levels i hope you know we're in our chat room at live.macgeekhub.com uh warren is saying i'm guessing the homepod gets the same features as the homepod mini in terms of the handoff it'll do siri for different voices so that you know it knows your voice versus you know your your spouse's voice versus your kid's voice and you know, you can get different data out of it. That's cool. Hoping the HomePod gets all of that same stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not entirely sure about how it all goes. Um, I, I'll be curious to see. At 99 bucks, though, I think they're going to sell a lot more of them than they did HomePod.
0: And that's that's the thing, because right now, I, I believe the, the first generation HomePod, I think, is about 200 bucks.
1: I think so. Yeah, the price kept coming down, but I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta look at it. I'll look. When I first saw it, I was like, "Why do I need this?" But two ninety nine for for the HomePod. Comment
0: that was made. It's a stocking stuffer. I mean, uh, you know, two hundred bucks. I mean, yes, I could pay two hundred bucks for the HomePod. Three hundred. Like
1: two ninety nine for the for the HomePod. Ninety nine for the HomePod Mini.
0: Okay. All right. So to me, two ninety nine in my mind was too much for what I saw as something that didn't really offer me a lot of benefits, but for 99 bucks, yeah, again, it's a stocking stuffer. I'll, I'll, I'll do 99 bucks and maybe, uh, cause right now I'm, I'm pretty much in the A lady ecosphere and not yep. the S lady ecosphere. This may convince me to, uh, and I don't think I'm the only one, but I think it'll convince a lot of people to maybe give S lady, uh, another shot.
1: Yeah, well, so ready. if you're going to do that, go get Hoobs and put that on your disk station so that all of your smart home devices are mm-hmm. HomeKit compatible now because Hoobs or Home HomeBridge, right. either one, right? Like that'll get you there. And now you've got this smart speaker that integrates with that ecosystem. I will say, though, if you just want a speaker... For one ninety nine you can get the Sonos one and that has either the A Lady or the G lady voice assistants in it. Mm-hmm. And for ninety-nine you can get the Symphonisk, uh which is the IKEA sort of branded Sonos things. Ninety nine bucks. That little Symphonics bookshelf oh. speaker is awesome. It does not have a voice assistant in it though. That's the that's the mm-hmm. difference, is so you know, the, yeah. Yeah. But I the voice assistant stuff that apple is doing for 99 bucks that might even just by itself be compelling right with you know with the different people and all that stuff i mean if you live in that ecosystem which we all sort of do that's not bad even if you're not a home kit household so but Hoobs or Homebridge solves that problem so i don't know i think I think I'm curious to see how this, how much traction it gains. I'm curious to see how much you folks like it. I'll probably get one to mess with it, but I I probably won't keep it because I I, like, I'm so invested in the Sonos infrastructure that it would take a lot to move me Mm -hmm. to something else. And Apple doesn't like, there's not even a chance of that with what Apple has. Like there's nothing for the living room. There's, you know, there is the thing for the kitchen, the bedroom, the bathroom. Like that's good. You know, we can, sort of get away with all that now but but without the living room integration uh, like this isn't a i I don't see it being a real contender in in that way but you know who knows right yeah
0: and then they they said a few things which probably means more to you than me but you know full range dynamic driver okay that's good yeah i i I don't think i'd want one with not full range half range Uh, passive radiators for bass okay i think I think my my audio engine does that, right? I don't
1: know. Yeah, yeah. A, there's a lot of waveguide. Yeah, it it. The, and then they it, also it's the inexpensive featured, way of getting there by not putting an extra driver in there, which which is fine. Yeah.
0: Right, and then they mentioned again. So I noticed they said the word computational twice, once for the uh, earlier product. But they said, "Oh well, this has the Apple S five chip that does computational audio." Which, okay, that that sounds impressive. <laughs> yeah, sure. I don't know what it means to you. I mean, you're you're the audio guy. I'm not. Uh, I,
1: yeah, it was interesting how they talked about that. It, they said that they're processing the sound, you know, before it 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 makes a sound. Which, to be fair, lots of the other speakers, including Sonos, but certainly not not just them, are doing. Uh, I don't know, like, what it said it was balancing loudness and this, that, and the other thing. I mean, you could—Apple's not a stupid company. They have a lot of smart people working there, and they care about music, too, right? Like, they, this is an important thing mm-hmm. to them. So I don't think that they're going to over-process it to the point where it sounds bad, right? But they're just going to make it so that the sound that comes out of the speaker is good in that it is tuned to sound good on that speaker— And they've probably done a lot of testing where they've figured out, okay, well, you know, if you've got these three frequency ranges, the harmonics of them will make this particular speaker sound awful. So let's quickly put a filter on when that happens to make sure that... You know, the sound that comes out is pleasing to the human ear instead of grating to the human ear. And we've all heard those speakers that, you know, the wrong type of music on it. It's like this, like, I, you know, jazz sounds OK on this speaker, but you get some crunchy guitars and it's awful. It's like, well, there's a lot of harmonics in crunchy guitars. And if the speaker isn't doing something to compensate for being a tiny little speaker that shouldn't be able to make a guitar sound good, then it's not going to make a guitar sound good. But you can if you have a DSP in there. Mm-hmm. So that made sense that they were like, that's smart. But that's Apple's way of being Apple. Like, hey, you know, look at what we did. Like, okay, cool. So did yeah. somebody else. But And Apple then they were featuring
0: it. the, um, not a unique feature, but they did highlight that they can do an intercom feature. So you can yell at everybody else in the house, which, okay, that's kind of cool. But I think you showed me this when you came over last time that the A lady can already do this. Yeah. I, I never knew that. Well, you only have one person
1: in your house, right? Yeah, Of course.
0: Yeah. Makes sense. But no, but I have currently I have 3 A lady devices, right. uh, echo devices hooked up. So um so being able to talk to one and have it broadcast the message is is not unique, but I guess it's cool. Hey, it's nice that they
1: have. Oh, it's that. a good feature. I, yeah, there's no there's no problem with that. Yeah. I think it's good. I think it's good. All right. Um yeah, so I, I are you Are you interested, like, are you thinking about getting one of these HomePod Minis and experimenting with it and all of that?
0: Absolutely. Really? Okay. Huh. That, for the money, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, The phone, the phone, (laughs) I'll have to think a a little bit more about my phone upgrade.
1: Sure. Well, so I think, like, for you, a HomePod Mini, if if you bought three of them, right and you put one in your like the room where you have your computer one in your in your TV room and like one up in like d- your studio or your office or your bedroom like now you have music throughout the house right because you can have mm-hmm. the same thing playing in sync out of all three devices I, I i know music means different things to each of us and and certainly i admit that music means a lot to me but my house it's going to sound crazy my house feels warmer mm-hmm when I have music playing everywhere that I go, it just, and and when I don't, like if I have music on in the kitchen, you know, on the main floor or whatever, and I go up to the bedroom and there's no music, it feels so like dry and cold. And then I just, you know, Hmm. press the button and link the music up. And it's like, ah, yes. Okay. Now the house feels like a home. So I, like I, and I think you would get that. Again, that's not unique to Sonos. It's just, you know, you can do that with the Apple stuff. And I, I, I think, For for some folks and maybe most folks, I don't. I can only speak for me, but I I think it's a it's a really nice experience. I mean, it's certainly a spoiled thing, but we're all look what we're doing here. Like we're talking about Apple's Mm -hmm. event, like we're pretty spoiled. So that's we're very lucky, all of us, listeners, everybody, you, me, and you. Yeah,
0: I uh, actually I don't really use a lady for music, right? If I'm going to do music, I typically stream it from one of my computers. Typically to my uh, uh, one of my devices with uh, my audio engine speakers, which even after all these years, they've
1: still yep. rocked the frickin' house. I agree. Yeah, no, I'm I'm a big fan of the audio engine speakers. I've got I've, in fact, I, when I'm listening here in the studio, I've got the oh, uh, there. I want to make sure I have the, new, the, the right model number because it's the new ones. It's the A5 pluses. I want to say it mm. the right way. Uh, yeah, the A5 pluses up here in the studio, and then down in my office, I've got the A2 pluses or the A2s. Maybe not the pluses. Yeah. I don't think.
0: But- if I play music, it's either through that or um through my Apple TV and the speakers in my entertainment system, which are I think hundred watt speakers. So you know, if I want to <laughs> sure annoy the neighbors, I can do it. But I've I've never really seen uh what we'll call a smart speaker as a music destination if anything though i do listen to radio quite a bit hmm. mostly not music radio but like talk radio or sure. news radio and stuff like that you know tune in or whatever that that i do quite a bit um when i was a wee lad actually i would i would always or, or a lot of times i would have a radio station playing hmm. to kind of lull me to sleep
1: yeah I no, I believe of- that. Sure. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, no, it makes sense. Yeah. Well, so that's the difference. So well, um, moving from that, I have to go to my computer to start streaming music to my speaker. Like that, it certainly works, obviously, and you can have music in your house. But there is a, a level of convenience that does not exist with that scenario, right? I mean, it's not terrible, but it's not just like, hey, I want music in here right now, and my hands are full because I'm cooking. Y- y- you know, like, wouldn't it be nice to have music while I'm cooking? Yeah. Ah, right. Like,
0: actually, so- actually, I'll, I'll update that. I, I do have the Denon Hios, Yeah. Which Is links still a music thing? library that's stored up. Uh,
1: apparently. Well, I mean, still do works. they still, I know it's still, I know yours works, but I'm just curious if they still make them. They might. Yeah.
0: No. And I think they've upgraded it too, huh? but, um, I, I, I still have their app and every now and then I'll, I'll, uh, 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 so I have my music library stored on my Synology and then use their audio uh, DNLP is it? And DLNA. Yeah, so every now and then I, I will stream from the, uh, the Heos app, either um, my music library or sometimes like if I have the, you know, like the last time I had the family over, I would have it outside and it would be able to play a radio station. Sure. Uh, one of the so because it it does tune in as well right i was like but no it's a better speaker (laughs) than the uh you know than the uh the the smart speakers so if i'm going to be playing music outside that's typically what, what i'll be doing
1: yeah so this would solve that and and eliminate a lot of the the confusion not confusion but the 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 friction points that you have to like get the sound out of the thing and that you know, that can make a, that can be a big deal. So yeah, I'm so, okay. Yeah. I'm curious to see how you like this thing. Well, this is good. I, so I've hit now I've hit everything on my list. Are we, are we finished here, John? Uh, I think,
0: I mean, they, they talked about some environmental stuff. Okay. I get it. They're not going to put, you know, power adapters, um,
1: right? No power adapter in the box with the iPhone. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and apparently, you know, every now and then I'll look at them and you know they're they're doing their best to not destroy the planet. So uh that that's always nice. Right?
1: They they certainly have their marketing engine focused on telling us that. Yeah. And in a lot of ways I think that's probably true. I don't yeah. I mean there's you know, who knows? That I think the biggest change they probably made was having everybody start working from home. Like that probably made more difference than anything else. I don't know who knows, but that certainly helped. Yeah. So
0: Yeah. And the production value on, you know, this presentation, you know, again, I kind of joked before it's like, that's not a real lab. The thing is I've worked in a real R and D lab that, 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 that was like a stage lab, but, um, but it makes people feel good.
1: I don't know the lab that right? they, they showed in the last one and the photo lab in this one, certain like the photo lab. I, I, I would be shocked to find out wasn't real, and the lab that they showed hmm. for in the last episode was definitely real because there were the hmm. mac mini apple silicon mac mini setups. Like in the, I was going to say in the background, but really they were in the foreground. They didn't shine any lights on them, uh, in terms of pointing mm. at them, but like that was a, that was a lab with Apple gear. I I think those labs that we see are real, man. I I think you just haven't been in a, in an Apple lab in a while. I think they're real. Yeah.
0: I've never been in an Apple lab, but I've certainly been, I mean, I, I did a couple of decades, uh, corporate mm. R and D and, uh. The, the the thing that tipped me off, Dave, is labs are never that clean and tidy.
1: Well, I think they cleaned it <laughs> up labs when they... are a disaster
0: because you're doing
1: all sorts of lab stuff and,
0: yeah. you know, blowing things up and, well, maybe not blowing things up, yeah. but, uh, or at least I didn't.
1: But. Yeah. No, my guess is they cleaned it up knowing that they were going to film, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I do like, eh, though, that, that that there are... Um, I I much prefer these events, these announcements to be produced video streams as opposed. I mean, it's a it, essentially what we watched was a TV episode today, right? You know, the latest episode mm-hmm. in Apple announcements. I like the, the fact that when they would announce different things, there was no breaks for applause. I, I don't know why, but today more than ever, mm-hmm. I appreciated that. Like, it was like, thank goodness. We're not waiting for the applause and the awkward, like, when do I start again? And all of that stuff, it like, it just flowed perfectly because It was it was produced like somebody had already been able to watch it it. through. Yeah, no,
0: I agree with you. Um, uh, Yeah, watching a lot of the Apple events and the, the media that was invited going wild over every little thing. Would like, stretch it out to like two times the, the amount of time it should have been, and, and sometimes it was. I mean, it's also like, and I'm not going to get political, but same thing with the State of the Union address. Okay, just let whoever it is say what they have to say, sure. And let's stop with the because th- th- that's another event where like half the time is wasted on people, you know, uh, posturing or or, or, or whatever. And it's like, no, just give me the info, man. So, totally. so I'm with you. With the, yeah, I now t- to be fair, very I, well
1: produced, I do miss all the other things that come along with going to an Apple event in person. I mean, the travel five hours, Mm -hmm. you know, each way on an airplane, I I could take that or leave it. It depends on the day, but otherwise like getting to see people and, you know, like that whole personal interaction. I miss that. And I, you know, I I think it goes without saying, like I look forward to the days when we can do that again, but, but this is, you know, this whole, you know, lockdown pandemic thing that we've been doing has had, some silver linings to it and you know me i'm an optimist so i'm always looking for those silver linings this is definitely one of them and i hope that some level of this continues forward i don't know exactly what apple's gonna do when when we can all touch each other again but um Mm -hmm. but i hope some level of this you know sticks around so anyway all right well we went uh, twice as long as I thought we would, John. It's We're at an hour oh, here. Right. So there you go. I mean, not that that's bad. It just, you know, I knew we would have a lot to say. Uh, I still have some more to say, though, because I want to take a minute and thank all of our premium subscribers whose uh, contributions have come in in the last week-ish. Thank you. And if you want to learn about uh, our premium program, go to mackycub.com slash premium. It is not mandatory. You still get every episode. Uh, we answer the questions that come in from our premium listeners to premium at com first. That is one of the things that we do. We also thank you. We really appreciate this, but it is not mandatory. Listening is really the best thing that you can do. Sending in your questions, your tips, and all of that stuff. It's fantastic. Telling other people about the show. Awesome. And if on top of all of that, you can and want to help out, we really appreciate it. So, MacGeekUp.com slash premium thanking, I would like to thank Paul from Fishers, Mark from Milford, David from Troutdale, Lawrence from Stamford, Kurt from Tawanda, Kieran from St. George's Basin, Robert from Westford, Ward from Mesa, Neil from West Hartford, Andrew from Edinburgh, Susan from Honolulu, Kenneth from Morrisville, Abel from Santa Rosa, Peter from Auburn, Bob Dr. Rak from Working Smarter for Mac users, Rob from South Hertzville, James from San Antonio, Colby from Otis, Abdullah from Reisterstown, Barbara from Hanahan, Nick from Mount Clemens, Mark from Hayward, John from Laverne, I think I'm saying that right, in Tennessee, Donald from Jamaica Plain, Ari from Kensington, George from Natick, Robin from Andover, Philip from Tucson, Edward from Manhattan Beach, Tim from Des Moines, Willie from Seminary. Thank you to all of you. You rock. You do. You all rock. Everybody rocks in their own ways. It's awesome. Uh, that's what I got, John. You got anything else to, uh, to say? Now I'm ready to go. You got anything now else to uh, add? nice to hear. Uh,
0: I, I heard uh, one or two Connecticut towns or cities. Several. Yeah. Yeah, some Connecticut to my fellow Connecticut. Uh, when we're all allowed to, you know, I I've, I've still been pondering this, Dave. But I got to have like a house rocking party here for for all the Mackie gabby.
1: That'd be fun, man. We should do that. That'd be great. Yeah,
0: why not? Yeah, I mean Barry came out. You know, it was kind of a practice run, and, right?
1: Uh, you know, we had a lot of fun. So. uh... We'll just do it for everybody else. Cool. All right. Well, I'm about to go tear apart my network because a bunch of smart switches just arrived—a box of D-Link smart switches that I'm going to uh, mess with. So it's <sighs> oh, time, John. You
0: finally listened. You finally
1: listened. I know. I told you. That's why I was asking about it in that last episode in two episodes ago. So yep. I. Uh, so I'll hopefully begin to Did get. Did you get the same one, the the 24 port, or, or you got a different? So I said D-Link. I think you have a TP-Link switch. There's lots that oh, I'm going right, to right. test. Okay. Because I'm really curious about, A, how, uh, how their web interfaces are. And so I want to I see web interfaces mm. from a variety of companies. But I also, I, you know, I started down this path wanting to know, wanting to have managed switches. And, 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 and the names mm. get conflated. But really the difference in, in a practical sense is smart switches You manage individually, right? Like the old Mm -hmm. pseudo-mesh days where you would have to – you could set up a mesh system with your Wi-Fi, but you had to manage each access point. Whereas managed systems are like the mesh where you have one interface that sees everything. The problem with managed Mm -hmm. switches is that they're super expensive. So, yes. uh, I want to see how these switches, these smart switches do with their independent interfaces and how much they know about each other and that sort of thing. So I'm, I'm really curious to see how this all, uh, how this all works out, but nice. I will report wait. back. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Uh, yeah, that's what I got. That's what I got. So yeah. So I'm going to go do that because I got like an hour before anybody else gets home. So hopefully I can tear apart the network and fix it. Uh, We'll see what happens. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thanks uh, to all of our premium subscribers. As I said, thanks to Cashfly for providing the bandwidth to get the show from us to you. Uh, Yeah, that's what I got. I don't know. I didn't really, you know, I didn't prep an agenda for today, so I got nothing to read. Like, I don't have my normal thing. Thanks to all of our sponsors in the uh, podcast marketplace. Of course, SmileSoftware.com slash podcast, MaxSales.com, BareBones.com, Eero.com slash MGG, lino.com slash MGG, and, uh, and RapticStrong.com, too. Check them all out. You can see it at MacDecav.com slash sponsors. All right. Yeah, um, I've been thinking. I mean, I don't have the agenda in front of me, so I'm racking my brain for something to say to end the episode, and I, I can't, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what to say. I, I wonder if, if anybody ever, um, you know, I just, like, I, I don't know. Is this there, I'd like the world to be harmonious, John, and so I'm, I'm mm-hmm. thinking about harmonies. Oh. Oh. That'll do it.